Welcome to What's Your Beef? Each week, we will introduce you to people working in the beef industry and some of the characters that help deliver the iconic event that is Beef Australia. Hello, I'm Jane Cudahy and this is What's Your Beef? Today we're speaking to Amanda Mouin. She's the Regional Manager Intensive Feedlot Operations for AOCO based around Dolby on the Darling Downs. How are you, Amanda? I'm really good, thanks, Jane. How are you? Very well, thanks for this chilly, <laughs> chilly season. Um, I guess it's no stranger to you down in the Darling Downs. But we're here to talk about Beef Australia and, you know, you've had quite a long career now in the beef industry. What was your first interaction with Beef, beef Australia? Beef Australia, I was lucky enough to be part of the Graham Acton Beef Connections program, the inaugural program. Having worked for Bryce Cam, he he is a massive part of the beef industry and of course Beef Australia and and um, you know got me to apply to the program and being the first one, uh, there was a lot of hype and excitement around it. So to be chosen was absolutely amazing. Um, so two, 2015 was my first major beef one and for all because I was on that program. Well, so what was the program actually involved? So the program um, is run, it was run and, and still is run by Barb, and Barb is facilitator. So there's a mentoring, uh, so myself as one, um, and there was a group, about eight or nine of us, and then from there we have mentors. So we got together in Brisbane for the first time, like that first time I remember it was so nerve-wracking going because you don't know what you're expecting, and a lot of these programs are life-changing and for me it definitely was. Um, I met my beautiful mentor Kay Wilson and from there we embarked on a great 18 month journey um, for my career personally as well and then also then for my project. So as part of the program you go in and it's all about sort of personal development but then you also have a project for the for the time period and so you focus on getting that project up and running. When you were working for Bryce and he obviously <laughs> got you into the program, what were you doing and so and what were you hoping to focus on when you applied for the, the Beef Connections program? So I started my feedlot career with Bryce Kem at Wonga Plains Feedlot as administration officer and then from the, the years I just worked my way up. So I started with Bryce in 2009 uh, and then worked my way up to be feedlot manager in the end and it was a great progression. So within that period I'd stepped up and was sort of looking after the office manager role at the time of the Beef Connections program. The part why I wanted to join it in particular was to meet like-minded people like myself who are really passionate about the beef industry, you know, my industry is feedlotting of course, but just Everyone who's young and enthusiastic and energetic about it. And that was probably my biggest thing was networking and getting myself out there. You said that it was life-changing and I guess, and there was that great unknown of being that first program. So what happened in the program to make it life-changing and what did you focus on? I had a lot going on in my life at work and personally. And for me, I probably found myself and my confidence um, within myself to go out and do public speaking. Like before Beef Connections, I'd never would do public speaking and now I happily take on public speaking and I actually really enjoy it. Uh, my project was, we got to choose your own project. So I actually chose a networking project and 
where I was coming from at the time was that um, as a woman and I was trying to get myself um, further up in the feedlot career, I just didn't know anyone else. I didn't know many other women around us on the Downs where the largest hub of feedlots within Australia. So my biggest thing was just trying to find like-minded people to be able to talk through to day-to-day feedlotting issues and probably just meeting people. I'd moved out um, away from family or friends, so having another network and social group was good. So I actually created Women of Lot Feeding. Um, and from that, it is a group for like-minded women to get together and men um, to get together and, and just really network and support each other. And so we're not burning bras and we're not um, doing anything radical. It is literally a networking group for everyone. So anyone indirectly, directly involved in the feedlot industry. And so for me, having that um, progression and our group is still going. I'm president at the moment. We've got some awesome young ladies with us and seeing the women now coming through the feedlot industry, wanting to stay in the feedlot industry, having careers and families within the industry has been really big for me and it's a massive thing for me and where my career has gone as well, um, you know, I'm extremely proud of where I've come. That's amazing. I guess it, there are two things I wanted to pick up on there. You said, you know, it is a women in feedlotting group but you've got some male members so that's great. We'll come back to that. But just going back to when you first moved there and there was, you know, I guess a new industry for you in lot feeding and you didn't know many women, why is that? Is there, are there not many women in the feedlotting sector or you just weren't exposed to that at the time? There was just no exposure at the time. We had our feedlot conferences um, and some workshops but, you know, it was, you know, you're going there for educational purposes a lot of the time so you don't have a huge networking um, period and so for me it was just getting out there and I sort of we, we had a small group of four of us when we started and there's now 10 of us on the committee and then of course we I think we've got 220 plus members and so it's really nice to have this connection and if you know for, for us in particular it's the support and um, just to have a yarn and to know that you're going through something that someone else is 100% going through as well and making people realise that. Um, so, yeah, the exposure just wasn't there at the time and I felt as a person I needed that. I'm a real extrovert and need to socialise and be with people so that's why I really went that way as well. And I guess it would be helpful having, you know, being based around that Darling Downs area because, as you say, it, it is a hub of feedlots in Australia. Were you surprised at how popular or how many members you managed to um, get together in those initial stages? Oh, definitely. The uh, part of the project was I had the high tea, um, so that was the first ever event. And the support from sponsors, feedlots in general, um, and, and everyone. We actually had a great range from the whole beef supply chain. So we had ladies and gentlemen there from the backgrounding program, breeding, then into the feedlotting and processing side of it. So I was really overwhelmed and proud of how much support we had and, and getting our message out there that, you know, we're there just to network and have fun and have a drink and, and you know, just communicate. It's something sometimes we don't do very well and um, I think over the years it's amazing where we've come in general um, and, yeah, that's really where it all started from. And you were talking about the, the support for women in your industry. Do you think that, that feedlotting is a sector where women, it is a bit of a boys' club or it's just as as you network and those networks really open up that it is an equal playing field? Oh, I think it's 100% an equal playing field. Uh, we've got some amazing men 
um, in very high positions who are just such great role models to everyone and vice versa for women. And I think um, the feedlot industry has come such a long way in our, um, I guess, in our numbers. Uh, there is a lot of women working in the yards right now and, and not that that needs to be recognised or celebrated, but we just need to be able to network together and, and realise we're all in it together. I, don't, I wouldn't say it's the boys' club. Um, a lot of women can work very well in a boys' club and, and I just think it's, um, it's very, the industry should be very proud of how equal we are. Well, terrific. So you've come up with this idea during the Graham Acton's Beef Connection program through Beef Australia. You had a mentor at the time. What was the process like coming up with the idea and then making using your mentor and tapping into that sort of brain power and, and getting the group together? Yeah, so um, I guess when, when you um, start the program, you go through an understanding and learning about yourself. So you're doing a profiling of your personality, how you work um, within an environment, team and a group environment. And from there, you really have the biggest silo ever and you've just got all these amazing ideas and you're on day two of this program where you're just wanting to change the world and so you've got the best ideas for projects and changing and you know making this efficiency better or you know doing such things and then working with Kay was wonderful she had no very lot experience but her people agricultural beef knowledge was phenomenal and the people that she knew that I networked with was just amazing and that, that and that's where I really realized that okay, this is where I want to go and then you're in this massive silo and then while you're talking to your mentor and you're talking through it, it's funneling down and funneling down and you finally, you know, you're right there at the auger and you've got this idea and that's really literally how Women of Lot Feeding, uh, Wolf as I like to call it, <laughs> came about. Um, we It was just spitballing ideas and, and talking through it to, and really there was amazing projects within our whole group and yeah, everyone worked through their mentor in different ways. Um, Kay and I communicated a lot and, and that's how it really got to that idea was massive, massive, you know, big goals and we're pulling the main one out that we want to focus on. So that's how it was done. Have you maintained contact with Kay since wrapping mm-hmm. up your project? Yes, we have, definitely. Probably not as much as we both would like to, um, but we definitely talk to each other and um, Kay's probably my number one supporter of where I've come in my career and my life since 2014 when it originally started, um, before Beef Australia um, of 2015. And, yeah, we she's a great support still. So she's very proud of me and I couldn't have done a lot of it without her support. Well, that's, yeah. <laughs> you're very lucky. Um, I am. I'm very lucky. <laughs> now, going back to um, to your career, you said you know before you started at CAMS at in an admin role, and then have worked your way up to now regional manager intensive feedlot operations for AOCO. That's a big job title. So you know everything that I've researched and I've done that a little bit because I'm a bit nosy, but. Everything points to the fact that you love your job and you love this sector. What is it about it that you just love? I love the people within feedlotting. Um, The fact that we can produce the most premium beef in Australia um, and export that is something to be so proud of as a country. And to the efficiencies of feedlotting, um, I love that everything is 100% controlled and for me the seeing the efficiencies and where we can change something little to affect something ginormously on a cost of production or kilos produced is a really big thing and I guess I've always, I've grown up in the beef industry, not in feedlotting, 
But then when I've done this, it's, um, yeah, I'm addicted. It's a really great industry to be in. And, you know, I was really lucky to be mentored um, by Bryce and Kay and many people throughout my whole career to get where I am today. And I think the biggest thing for us is I find out in industry is so innovating. We're wanting to move ahead. We're wanting to get on the best of technologies, the best of our animal welfare um, standards, and then, of course, the best for our people. So I'm really proud to be part of that. What are the, some of the biggest changes and progressions that you've seen in your time in the industry? Uh, I think definitely from a work perspective is, you know, the way our policies and systems have come along. Being part of the um, Alpha Council now as well is seeing how the policies and procedures have changed so much for animal welfare, that consumer welfare, that, you know, there's that HGPs, there's antimicrobial and the amount of information uh, and trials and what we put in to our cattle we are so proud of, so we need to be showing that to the world. And so where we're going with that and, you know, being accountable for everything that's done, I think because we can trace a beast from day one to, you know, day 200 or 500 days on feed, I think we've just got so much control that we should be able to show and show that data to everyone um, and how much we are doing it for the cattle and we're not just pumping hormones into everything. And, it, yeah, it's those kind of things we should be proud of because we've come a long way within the last 10 years. How how do you see in an ideal world, how do we get that message out a bit more? That's a tough one. Mm. Um, <laughs> no matter what, we are our best advocators and we could preach every day uh, to each other and we all agree it's getting the message out to everyone and, and it's by having Beef Australia and it's by having um, feedlotting events and BFX that we're getting our names out there and people are coming to understand what we're doing and it's getting people to understand that and gosh if I knew that answer wouldn't it be a lot easier um, <laughs> it's, it's working in progress unfortunately and trying to spread the good news of what we're doing so you know there's a lot of groups that um, don't agree and I think we um, as a group we have to be smart and and show what we're doing in a really positive way and a lot of the organizations that we work with do that and we've just got to keep um, having our, our voices heard. And what do you see that the biggest challenges for the lot feeding sector is in the next sort of 10 years? 10 years, I think in the next 10 years definitely you're looking at um, the consumer concerns, so um, the antimicrobial hormones, where, where is that going? Um, you know, especially any of the synthetic drugs or chemicals um, being put through and I think it's it's getting uh, getting the consumer to understand why it's used and that it is safe and um, I think that's definitely going to be a hurdle for a little while and it's just still just pushing through to ensure that everyone understands what we're doing and it's not driving an agenda it's this is why we're doing it for the cattle for our people for safety and at the end, you know, we, we have to do it at a certain cost or unfortunately we wouldn't be able to produce the beef we do for so many people. Now, I want to go back to the mentoring and that networking idea because that's obviously quite central to, to why we're chatting today. But what yeah. do you say to young women, especially coming into the industry? How are you selling it to them who, you know, um, in the stockyards every day? Um, I guess I don't feel I'm doing that every day I'm just being me I'm getting out there and everyone needs to give it a go and I think we've got such a support on the ground with so many people and um, not giving up and some days are hard and on the days that are hard if you pick up the phone and rang me or rang any of the other ladies who've been in the industry we've all been there done that and I think that's a big thing is understanding and getting people to understand that 
some days it is hard and we've just got to push through and um, we're doing it. When you say it's it. hard, sorry, is it just the work itself or, you know, is, is this feedlotting, is, what about the work is so hard or is it just like uh, every other, every job is hard at some point every, and you're going to have Every job is hard at some point, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. I think, um, I, you know, some days it's physically hard and you're working 12, 14 hour days in the heat, in the freezing cold um, you know, you're in the rain and those are those they're hard days and then there's days where you've got a thousand things to do and um, you know, it's I guess everyone's definition of hard is different, um, uh, depending on their role, but no matter what the situation they're in, everyone someone else has been into it. And so they just can't give up because the feedlot industry has so many amazing careers um that you can keep progressing through and my biggest thing is that um, feedlotting is intensive. It's all about quick moving, but at the same time, you can move so far in the career and there's so many aspects of feedlotting to learn and understand. Going back to what um, you mentioned before that you grew up in the beef industry, let's go right back to the beginning. How, where did you grow up? What's your background? And how did you really understand that the beef industry is where you wanted to be? I grew up outside of Toowoomba, um, half an hour outside of Toowoomba, uh, fifth generation on a small grazing property out there with mum and dad and we had the background as I was blessed to have my grandmother and grandfather there as well and so we would um, sell at weaning and it was always one of those things, I just loved it, getting in and getting it done, then sort of got to um, high school and, you know, you talk, oh, yeah, they were talking to you about career days and I was like, oh, I don't really care, I just want to work with cows. And <laughs> and, and so really um, just my everyday, that's what I love. So I thought, well, why can't I do both? Um, so then really got to year 12 and UNE um, has the most amazing ag program and so applied to go to UNE and do ag science down there and, um, and that's really where it took off. I went and did um, ag and I majored in animal production and, uh, nutrition and feedlotting and so that's where I got my first taste of feedlotting and I come out of there really not knowing which way I was going to go and I went uh, and worked for Nippon uh, for five years at sort of the last really the end of the beef supply chain in the hide industry and I realized I just yeah I wanted to come back a bit so then that's where I got into cans and the rest is history really <laughs> and I'm still working with cows and loving it. <laughs> You've gone through all of that. You've started at CAMS as an admin and worked up the chain. What is that like? You know, that that's doing the hard yards, and you. But you obviously had an end goal in place. Uh, definitely, I think you've got to start at the bottom, and I believe that by doing that, you learn every aspect of the industry. So, from administration to waverage to understanding the commodities and purchasing and buying, then, you know, going outside and understanding the livestock and choosing of cattle and then, you know, progressing into feeding and why are we feeding this. It just it just helps you so much understand the entire industry, how we're all linked, how one team helps another team and from there I think I just I didn't really have a I'm going to be the Prime Minister of Australia. <laughs> but the fact that I just wanted to keep bettering myself, improving my skills as a manager, and then really helping everyone under me and under, getting them to understand why we do everything. And I think that's a big thing because the more people that you can explain what you're doing, it just makes their jobs more enjoyable and fun. And yeah, and that's sort of how I just keep going to where I am today. And so with the networking and the, the your wolf, I'm going to call it wolf now too. Yeah. Um, 
as you say, you know, there's a big big group of feedlots down on the Darling Downs. Has the networking expanded more since you sort of started kicking that group off and then, you know, do, do people share ideas and get together a fair bit down there anyway? Uh, we do. We try to have networking days. I think there's a lot of, yeah, there's probably a lot more ladies in the industry now than when I first started as well, which is great. And I think for me, we have our major ball every year. Unfortunately, we're not going to have it this year um, because of the situation we're in. But, um, you know, it's about getting together, celebrating each other and um, and really going from there. We have gone from here, Queensland. Uh, we've got members in New South Wales, Victoria, WA. And so it's really nice, um, yeah, we, when we get together and we reach out when we need to. Right, we're going back to Beef Australia. The next year is is the big event again. What are you looking forward to most now that you're not there and you don't have to go and <laughs> attend all of your um, mentoring events and everything? <laughs> uh, it, 2018 was busy. It was really awesome to see the next um, mentorees come through from Barb's um, program and I really hope I'm going to to be there again to see that. And I can't wait to meet the new group coming through. Being at the luncheon is probably the favourite I emceed at last time. And Barb and I, we just had the best time. And seeing these young people grow and establish into amazing human beings and where they go in their careers is fabulous. So looking forward to recapping with some of the guys from when I did it. And then also, yeah, seeing who's up and coming now and who to look out for in the industry. And if you've ever been to a Beef Australia, you it is a a massive event for all of the senses, and you do have to really pick your events. What's your top three besides the Graham Acton's Beef Connections program? Definitely Young Farmers. Yeah. It's always good. It's fun. Um, at the night program, I think. Um, oh my gosh, three's hard. I try to go to everything. The ball, of course, the gala ball is just amazing in the final recap of the night. Uh, and then probably the cocktail on the Friday night. That's a goat. That's a must go too. So that's fun. <laughs> this is a Good very networking. social calendar here, Amanda. It's very social <laughs> by the sounds of it. <laughs> it is. Um, during the day, there's some amazing programs by the big sponsors. And I think if you can go for a few days and take in what they have to offer, that's a big one for me. Don't rush beef. You can't, <laughs> you can't rush beef, that is for sure. Now, Favourite cut? I want to know your favourite, you, you work, live, breathe the beef industry, you're watching these delicious carcasses walk by every day. I don't want you show off, you know, friends coming over for dinner, dinner party cut. I want to know what's your favourite to cook with on an average Thursday night? A T-bone. T-bone? Just, mm, I love a good T-bone. Or, oh, really? Or, yeah, yeah. No, I love T-bone. My kids love T-bone. My mum, it's really funny, whenever we do a killer, it's the first thing that she'll palm off and we'll quite happily take it. Yeah. Um, so uh, how do you, what, what do you like about it? Uh, the, probably the ju- juiciness and you've got the, the bone marrow and when you cook it, it sort of all oozes out. Yeah, that's probably my favourite. And you've got that beautiful cut, the soft cut on the side and yeah. <laughs> You're me hungry. Oh my goodness, you're really into this. And do you I pop know, the marrow I... out? Do you like it? Because I can remember as a kid I'd always pop the marrow out, but I have to say that as I get older it's not so much on my to-do list. Uh, no, I, no, I probably I, – no, I enjoy it, but I wouldn't yeah. 
actively so, pop it out. No, not actively <laughs> do it. I think um, <laughs> and it's interesting. Not many people, I know, like, you know, a lot of people just prefer a nice roll and, you know, um, have a scotch fillet or porterhouse in the end. And But no, I, I do like the bone. It gives it a bit more flavour. Absolutely. Well, look, thanks so much for your time, Amanda. We will look forward to catching you up at Beef 21. Sounds great. Thank you so much, Jane. Thanks for listening. You can hit subscribe to make sure you don't miss any of our episodes. And if you are enjoying listening to the show, we would appreciate a quick rating and review. Visit beefaustralia.com.au for more information on this great event.